god it's been forever since i've heard your voice i know (laughs) i'm saying that sarcastically because i literally just saw you like 10 minutes ago yeah (laughs) it's actually been 10 minutes oh my god (laughs) um okay so this week i didn't realize it was a new month which is shocking to me i woke up this morning and i was like oh shit it's august (laughs) Was but, that yesterday? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wild. I was like, crap. No. Um, but that's okay because it means um, paranormal stories from America, which is yeah. fun. Um, okay, well, I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grim. Woo! So, um, this week, I did a little bit of research about Boston's Lady in Scarlet, Mm. uh, which can I just say, that's a great name, and I want to be her. (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard of that. I just want to be a spooky ghost in, like, a single color, so people can identify me by the color. You have your own signature color. (laughs) Yeah, I think I should do yellow. I think that'd be really good for me. Yeah, I agree. When I die, I'll just make sure that I die in a yellow dress. (laughs) All good. Um, so when I was actually researching the story, um, I did a lot of research about like the different types of female ghosts. Uh, like there are red ladies, white ladies, black ladies, and apparently even brown ladies, which I hadn't even heard of before. And um, so I was thinking that we could probably do this as like another kind of series, maybe next month or something like that, just about all the different types of ghosts that there are. Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun. I already I started doing some research, and I thought I could fit it all in one like one episode, and then I had thirty pages of notes again, and I was like, oh, never yeah. mind. <laughs> no, that, not that's probably not gonna work. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that'll be really exciting next month. Yeah. Um. Something to look forward to. <laughs> and also, surprisingly, when I was doing this like research, I read about Boston's lighthouses. Um, and I wanted to add in a little bit about that at the end. So let's see if my notes make any sort of coherent sense. Um, yeah, pray for me. Either way, I'm excited to hear it. It'll just be like me speaking. And then you'll be like, there's no correlation. I'll be like, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. It's how my brain works. So I feel that my brain is just not here and I go to school in two weeks. So that's exciting. We're going to have to make do in college with no brain. We really are. It's just gone. <laughs> You're just going to go into class and learn about something that's relevant and be like, you know, that sounds like the lady in red, and then just launch into some <laughs> ghost stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, where was I? Brain self, gone. <laughs> <laughs> After I was doing my research um, on the fact that she's called the bo- like the lady in scarlet, Um, I did some research about, like, the different types of ladies, like I was talking about before. And some people say that she is a lady in red. Um, I actually don't really think she is. She's just called the lady in scarlet because she's wearing scarlet. Okay. Um, And I will go into that, you know, in the episode about the lady in red. But, um, I mean, she could be if you, like, really stretched the definition of this type of ghost. According to legend, this type of female ghost, Lady in Red, is more attributed to, like, a jilted lover, 
like a prostitute who was killed in a fit of passion or like a woman who is very vain that kind of thing okay which i guess is why she's wearing red because i feel like that color is always represented and like lust in that kind of way oh yeah true um going off of that they're usually seen as like victims of objectification okay and they are always wearing a scarlet or blood red dress which is why I think that people think that she is one because she's seen wearing like red mm-hmm. um, she's usually apparently according to legends kind of friendly like she won't try to kill you oh that's always <laughs> a good thing <laughs> right um, and their story usually occurs in like a historic hotel or theater or like a public place kind of thing okay um, I guess in most commonly like you know in the olden days when the ghosts were here <laughs> um, they there were a lot of reports from like old mining communities and i think this had to do with like the prostitution trade that was going on in those communities okay which again goes back to the fact like goes back to the idea that she was a jilted lover or a prostitute killed in fit of, killed in a fit of passion mm. um but yeah we'll talk more about that later it's actually really interesting like there are so many legends about ladies in red it's wild um, I'll hear about that later. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about our lady in scarlet. Um, as you may know, Boston, being one of the like oldest cities in America, is pretty haunted. Um, and Boston's harbor, Boston Harbor's Long Island, is the location of one of these really spooky ghost stories. Um, arguably, it is one of the more tragic ones. I think it depends on what side you're on. Hmm. Um, so the Long Island, Boston's inner harbor is home to, um, Long Island Head Lighthouse. Uh, this is the harbor's second oldest light station, which was built in 1819, which you might notice here is why I go into a tangent about lighthouses later on in my notes. (laughs) Um, now I want to preface this by saying that the Lady in Scarlet that we're talking about today is usually like overshadowed i guess by another ghost who is described as a southern belle and she theatrically haunts fort warren in long island and um you know if you're interested in that maybe you can do an episode on her because she's Honestly, pretty kinda rude though to overshadow her you <laughs> right know? all goes to time in the spotlight <laughs> exactly let our lady in scarlet be a, a ghost <laughs> honestly and i do want to say like point out here that the story that I'm going to tell you isn't, like, confirmed to be, like, real, real. Um, okay. The only mention of a Mary Burton, who is the ghost in, in our story, uh, that I could find in the 1700s was from the Colonial Register for King's Chapel in Boston. Um, and she was a Mary Burton who was buried on November 7th, 1721, which was a little bit before the story takes place. Okay. Um, Because the story takes place near the end of the American Revolution. Okay. So, if you don't really know all the details about that, the Revolutionary War, also known as the American Revolution, was a conflict that kind of started because of, like, tensions between the people in the 13 American colonial government, which was, like, the British crown. And it was from 1775 to 1783. Um, And it's not really relevant to the ghost story here, but it started in April of 1775 because of altercations between British troops and the colonial Minutemen um, in Lexington and Concord. Mm-hmm. 
I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> the one part of history I remember. Oh, yeah. Um, so, as you know, independence was won in 1776, but the British fleet didn't actually leave immediately. The ships were um, in Boston's outer harbor. They stayed at anchor, and they basically blockaded the port for, like, another three months. And during this time, they exchanged gunfire with shore batteries. They finally left on June 13, 1776, when a barrage of cannon fire from the east end hit the British like, fleet. Um, France actually decided to get involved, and they helped the Continental Army force the British to surrender. That was in Virginia, and the actual fighting ended in 1783. So, nearing the end of this whole battle, um, in the early 1780s, when the Continental Army was basically free, the British had their ships in the harbor, and they were like, we're not really leaving. Um, <laughs> we're staying for a little bit longer. Yeah, we're just, we're just going to stay for a little bit. Um, there weren't that many ships, but there is a day that called Evacuation Day. And Evacuation Day is celebrated on March 17th, and this is when the British military officially fled from Boston. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never actually heard of Evacuation Day. Yeah, I've never heard of it either. I've never heard it celebrated, and I literally didn't know it was a thing until I researched the story. Uh, maybe that's just on the failing American school system. This is but true. It, you know, it really could be. <laughs> really could be. But also, it's on the same day as St. Patrick's Day. So I guess oh, okay. St. Patrick's Day just overshadowed evacuation. Yeah, Probably. So um, this poor ghost is being overshadowed by another Southern Belle, and Evacuation Day is being overshadowed by St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Feel that so much for overshadowing, her. right? Half their turn in the spotlight. Honestly, it's not that hard, <laughs> right? Um, also, so Evacuation Day is apparently described as the day that Washington's forces drove the quote-unquote mightiest navy in the world away from Boston Harbor, and this was under heavy cannon fire. Um, so the Colonial Army was using heavy, like, the, like, heavy-duty cannons, I guess. And they had been dragged into Boston from Fort Ticonderoga by, a by the f uh, force with... I don't know where my notes are. This is not English. <laughs> my apologies. Um, the force is led by Henry Knox. Okay. And that's just history. Doesn't really matter, not according to the story. Um, Abigail Adams wrote about this whole scene where they were firing at the ships, and she saw the fleet departing from the harbor. And she basically, when she was writing about it, she described it, the ships as quote unquote masts in a forest in the harbor. So there were so many ships, apparently, and they were just bombing all of them. Wait, a woman? could write was educated crazy wow. oh damn <laughs> modern age <laughs> uh, um so on these british ships were 11,000 soldiers and 1,019 citizens who were loyal to king george and wanted to return to england oh. um william and mary burton were on one of these ships that were in the harbor they were newlyweds who were in Boston at the time, and I think they realized that during the war there was just so much chaos around them. 
city and stuff like that, but they were like, you know, we should just leave. Mm-hmm. They described it as a besieged city, so they were like, can't be here anymore. And they were looking forward to starting their lives together, you know, like across the Atlantic. Across the pond. Across the pond. They just wanted to go back home. All right. As the ship that they were on was attempting to sail out of Boston Harbor, a cannonball from the Long Island Battery that was, like, aimed at all of these ships ended up actually hitting Mary in the back of her head. Oh, my God. Somehow, I actually have literally no idea how this happened because, you know, the nature of a cannonball. She was not killed instantly. Oh, oh God. Which is so upsetting to me. She was alive for several days and was in excruciating pain. Days? Days. According to the legend, she was alive for days. And she was in excruciating pain while she was alive before she eventually died from her head trauma. Which, you know, like, she was hit by a cannonball. Yeah. If I was hit by a cannonball, I would definitely want to just be dead. Oh, yeah. For sure. Especially in the head. Like, yeah traumatizing like who knows what it did to her like her brain must have been just yeah like i'm so sorry yeah that's awful so awful um while she was on her deathbed she begged her husband not to bury her at sea because you know they were in a boat so like Mm -hmm. what you would do if you die on a boat was that they would give you a burial at sea She was like, I am not a fan of the sea, and I cannot bear to have my remains be confined to a watery grave for the rest of eternity. Please don't bury me in, like, give me a water burial. Um, William, being a kind soul, decided he would honor her last wishes. When she eventually died, he brought her to Long Island to bury her. That's good. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like he had to bury her at sea, and now she's like angry about that or something oh god i would i would not blame her if that happened yeah i would be angry about that if someone decided to do that against my wishes if i was like i cannot be buried at sea and they Mm -hmm. did i'd come back and haunt everyone i'd be like excuse me you can you can honor my last wish my dying wish now i'm a ghost (laughs) right so he eventually got to shore and he sewed her body into a soft red blanket, which Mary had brought with her on the boat to keep her warm during the journey across the Atlantic. No. Um, according to the legend, he actually lifted her into a small boat and like paddled to shore, um, like from the main ship. He like left and went back to America. And then when he got to shore, he begged the Americans to let him bury her there because he was like, please, like, she doesn't want to be buried at sea. Like, I know we are traitors or whatever, but please. Mm-hmm. Um, they did agree. Apparently, according to the legend, her last words to him were, quote, promise you'll come back for me. Promise me, William. End quote. Aww. She, along with not wanting to be buried at sea, really just wanted a proper burial at the King's Chapel. I mean, that's pretty fair. Yeah, you know, I if I have a last wish to be not at sea and just have a proper burial. I feel like that's a reasonable thing to want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he ended up burying her in the dunes on the east east end of Long Island. And they just had, at the time since, you know, he was trying to get to England, it was just a really brief ceremony. Okay. 
Um, he made her a headstone out of like a piece of driftwood and he just like carved her name onto it just so he could like mark her grave. And then he swore to her that he would come back to Boston and give her a proper burial and a proper tombstone. Um, he never came back to Boston. Aww. Yeah. Very sad. Very sad. You know, since her like mark grave marker was just a piece of driftwood that also disappeared soon after he buried her. Yeah. Um, but she apparently refused to be forgotten. She was like, guys, I'm here. Good. <laughs> he was a strong, independent woman. She will oh, be remembered. Yeah. She'll go she down in history. Man to exactly. Come back and remember her. Hell yeah. She's like, I can do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I respect that. So, um, Edward Rowe Snow, he was described as, like, the great chronicler of New England's coast. He actually wrote about her in his book that he wrote in 1935, which is called The Islands of Boston Harbor. And what he wrote was that in 1804, there were some fishermen that ended up getting shipwrecked on Long Island, and they saw her ghost. Um, They described her as wrapped in a red cloak and sighing mournfully. And they also said that she had blood all over her. Oh, not good. But, like, she wasn't malevolent or anything. They said that she just, like, they saw her, she floated over a hill, and then disappeared. She's just chilling. Yeah, she's just chilling. Like, I don't think she has an- any animosity towards anyone. She's just like, yeah, I ended up dying. Like, here I am. Yeah. And a very traumatic death. Uh, honestly, yeah. I don't blame her for being a ghost. Yeah. Damn. Um... After that, there was another reported sighting of the Lady in Scarlet, and this was in 1891, so she really wasn't seen for a while. But um, it was by a soldier at Fort Strong, which was built on the island after the Civil War. And to this day, people who visit the island, they have reported seeing a woman with muddy gray skin who's wearing a scarlet cloak. I've never heard about this. I've been looking up, like, haunted places in Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah, isn't that wild? I haven't heard about it either. And, and now we have to I don't visit. know why. Right? <laughs> we definitely do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, these people who see her on the island will describe her as stumbling over the sandy dunes. And she's usually down her cloak from, you know, the traumatic mm-hmm. hole in her head caused by the cannon. Yeah, that would probably do it. Yeah. I, too, can imagine blood streaming down from the hole a can left in my skull. Yeah. I could, I could see that. Uh, And people also describe that she seems to be looking for someone. They assume that she's just looking for her husband. Um, Like, people hear her calling out for him, like, begging for help and stuff like that. Did he, like, die before he could come back and give her a proper burial? Or did he just, like, forget about her? I think he died. Um, Just because, you know, it's, like the olden days I feel like lifespan's really short I didn't read anything yeah. else about him just that he like didn't make it back okay um so I was actually thinking about it I feel like evacuation day is like the trolley problem you know like the like would you pull the lever to switch the path of the trolley that kind of thing mm-hmm. cause like if evacuation day didn't happen then it is possible that William and Mary Burton would have gone over to England together had a happy life like could have uh-huh had years and those children could have done you know great things those children could have made friends like who knows what would have happened but also if evacuation day didn't happen then like the world differently because like 
That's true. They forced the like Britishers out. What if they had stayed and like retaliated? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Because like apparently evacuation is like a turning point in the war. Which I feel like we should have learned about it. I don't remember yeah. learning about this. Don't remember it either, but you know, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I, honestly. But yeah, I just can't help but thinking, like the thinking that they things could have been different. Like yeah. one small little change, having her survive, could have like changed so many different things. It's crazy to think about things like that. Like just you know, like things that you wouldn't have thought about being different that if they were different it could have changed so much you know yeah I get what you mean every single time I watch like a show that involves like time travel or something like that yes and they save one person and then everything is different when they go back yeah exactly crazy man kind of crazy um but either way she was killed according to the stories and her soul is not at rest um which was I feel really bad for her. Yeah. Um, so, according to this legend of how she came to be a ghost, that's kind of why I don't think she's a lady in red. She's just a lady in red, you know? Like, she's not, like, capital lady in mm-hmm. red. She's just a yeah. lady wearing red. Um, it could be that she's, like, a jilted lover, but, like, that's a stretch because, you know, like, he didn't come back to her. Yeah. William didn't come back to her. So, I, I guess you could say that she's, like, a jilted lover, um, technically she's seen in a public space and she wears a red cloak like the lady in red does but like I don't know it's like yeah where the similarities end yeah and like I know the lady in red is technically supposed to be friendly and like even though I'm not getting any malevolent vibes from her I'm not either get, like I'm not getting friendly vibes either she's just kind yeah. of there yeah she's kind of keeping to herself yeah so I don't know I think she loosely fits the definition of a lady in red not 100% sure. I guess you can okay. tell. Yeah. Um, but Long Island has a very long history as well. Um, and so this story I know was kind of short, so I did some more research on more ghost stories. And I learned that Mary Burton's death was just one of like the tragedies that happened on Long Island. Oh. During the colonial era, Native Americans lived on Long Island. And oh. yeah. You know, you know where I'm going? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was... So the island was, like, one and three quarters of a mile long, and the land apparently was super fertile. It had tons of natural resources. And in the 1640s, it became a farming community. Then, 30 years later, it became a dumping ground. Great. Yeah. So basically, uh, hundreds of natives were loaded onto barges and then basically shipped out to a bunch of different islands. Some, A lot of people were sent to Deer Island, which is nearby. But one colony was sent to Long Island. And I guess this was like a more preferable option to Deer Island because it was, you know, resource rich. People could farm and stuff like that. And also Deer Island was nicknamed Devil's Island. So I can oh. imagine why they didn't want to go there. Yeah, I probably would not want to go to a place called Devil's Island. Yep. Um, and, like, at least on Long Island, they were able to farm and live and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, always a plus. Always a plus. So that's where the bad vibes come from. <laughs> then it gets worse during the mm-hmm. 1800s. Right? It never gets better. Yeah. It just gets never. worse. One of these days I'm going to pull a plot twist on you and be like, and then it got better. I am ready for that plot twist. 
this. <laughs> it's going to come when you least expect it. They're going to be like, it's going to get worse. But I'm going to be like, actually, <laughs> it's better. <laughs> I'm a little skeptical, but I will, I will hold out hope for you. <laughs> I find one eventually. There has to be one. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Maybe I'll just change the vibe of Grimm and like do a happy story instead. <laughs> I mean, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Get ready. I'll shock you. I'm ready. <laughs> um, but this story does get worse. During the 1800s, the island was turned into, like, a summer resort-type place where they oh. built inns. And, you know, they were described as a splendid hotel, large, accommodating, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. In 1872, in response to the Civil War, the government seized a bunch of land uh, to use for these different forts. One of them was Fort Strong, which is where she was seen. Um, and then the hotels that were built on the island were used for illegal activities like prostitution and gambling. Fun, fun. Fun, fun. They did actually end up shutting everything down in 1873. And then Boston bought the island in 1882 and built a poorhouse and a chronic disease hospital and a home for unwed mothers and a bunch of other asylums and stuff. What a turn. Right? It was, like, prostitution to, like, chronic disease hospital. Started as a resort, too. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, they also include him for the sick and suffering who died there. Oh, no. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like it could be a little haunted. Just a little. a little. Just a little. A little. Um, by 1928, they housed homeless women and homeless men on the island, and then they built, like, treatment facilities for recovering addicts. But you know the history of treatment facilities and asylums. Yeah. Never ends well. Sadly, not great. Um, they built a bridge to connect all of these islands on August 4th, 1951. They did close everything in October of 2014 and destroyed it in 2015 and then Long Island was like evacuated oh wow um I don't know why they just were like we can't be here anymore I think it was because of the bad vibes honestly yeah yeah bad vibes just ruined it man they really did well I mean what do they expect they killed a bunch of people on the island yeah I don't think that could bring anything but bad vibes so yeah the only real, like, sign of life, I guess, was Camp Harborview, which was a seasonal, like, inner-city program where they brought kids to the island and did, like, camp stuff. Oh, um, but, yeah, there was a lot of bad energy on the island, like, after all this horror, horror and a lot of the people... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the people who went out to the island was Dennis Lehane. He was the author of Mystic River and also said that this island <laughs> inspired the novel Shutter Island ah. like a horror um, he said quote my uncle took us out to Long Island when my brother and I were kids he started telling us how the ghosts of the most dangerous patients were rumored to still walk the grounds then he vanished my brother and I walked around all creeped out and then my uncle jumped out from behind a tree, which gave us both early heart attacks. I re- right? I remember it was just bleak and creepy, and that's all I needed to charge the battery for the book. Bleak and creepy. End quote. What an uncle. Right? I cannot imagine. Like, imagine going there with your family, and then your family is like, guys, 
spooky stories disappear and then like pop out from a tree i'd be like i am never letting this uncle take me on another trip yeah. i would i would be done i'd be like this is it no i am a-okay after that <laughs> honestly um also many of the homeless men and women who stayed there during the time that they were forced to stay there also believe that it was haunted by the former patients of the chronic disease hospital and the asylums and stuff um Cleve Ray, one of the formerly homeless men, said, actually, this is kind of interesting because he, like, didn't, he, like, he, I think he mentioned that he was one of the people who were like, yeah, it's bad vibes. And then he was like, the only true nightmare on Long Island is being told by Mayor Marty Walsh that he had closed the bridge and the horrors we faced after we carted off the island in October of 2015. Like, imagine that, like, you're on this island that's haunted and then you get shipped off the island and it just gets worse for you. I feel yeah, so fun. bad for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's so much. <laughs> yeah. A lot to process. Yep. Um, and then the people who stayed at Camp Harborview also said that they believed in the woman as Garlet. Um, and also the bad vibes, because bad vibes. Bad vibes. <laughs> Um, apparently the sleeping area for the camp was right by where Mary's grave was supposed to be. So one of the campers said, quote, I remember hearing about the ghost back in 2008. It scared the crap out of me. I remember hearing her moan and imagining this woman covered in blood hovering over me. I was so scared that I slept with a flashlight on, end quote. I mean, yeah. And I don't blame them. I would be scared too. One time, um, in college, my friends made me watch a horror movie and then I had to walk back to my dorm afterwards alone no, and my room or my roommate had these like the strip lights that went around like this you know like around the perimeter of the ceiling like the tiktok lights yeah like those oh, crazy and so i put it on like the blue setting and left it on to go to bed because i was like i cannot be in the dark alone right now because my roommate oh, yeah. wasn't in the room so, i like, really feel happening. that yeah <laughs> i think it's so funny that when i first started watching criminal minds i did the exact same thing as that you did with the horror movie Oh, really? Yeah, because remember the first episode that we watched together and we couldn't even get through it? Yeah, that was, like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I I did not like the graphic, like, he was, like, pulling off the girl's oh, fingernails or something. Oh, that was so something. bad. It was, yeah, I, she was, like, yeah. in a cage. Mm-hmm. So bad. That, like, scarred me. And I literally didn't watch Criminal Minds for, like, a year after that. But, yeah, same. Like, I watched, the, I remember, like, distinctly watching the first episode, and that night I literally slept with the lights on. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> it was really scary. Yeah, it was. But I would highly recommend it if you have not seen the show. It's really good. I feel like you just have to get through that first episode. And then, like, I don't think it's that... I don't think it's ever that graphic after it. I mean... In my opinion. I don't remember. Or maybe I was just desensitized to it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we've just been desensitized to it. Could be that. Because, like, (laughs) even after, like, researching, like, these true crime cases and stuff like that, it starts to just be, like, a story that's, like, not real. That's true. Yeah. Um... Okay, anyway, so where was I? <laughs> oh, yes, the lighthouses. This is fun. Okay, so, um, like I said, she was on this island that had the oldest, one of the oldest lighthouses in Boston. So, when I was looking at that aspect of, you know, her story, I found other stories about haunted lighthouses, and I never thought of lighthouses as being haunted. Yeah, I didn't either until BuzzFeed Unsolved did an episode on. I think a lighthouse in Florida. Did they? I haven't oh, seen that one. Wild. Yeah, I think it's St. Augustine Lighthouse. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that episode then. 
yeah it's really but yeah i always think of lighthouses as like peaceful you know like in the storm and they just like yeah you're just sitting there with a book and it, there are waves but apparently a lot of ha- like lighthouses are just really haunted oh there is that story oh, i forget where it's from but of those people the lighthouse keepers who just like disappeared oh yes oh my god i've been meaning to do that was one as an episode it's like a tab on my safari on my phone and i see it yes, every time i go do. into safari and like i need to research that i keep on meaning to tell you i want to hear that one yeah, I'll, I'll put it in perfect my to- to-do list there's like a list <laughs> it's great <laughs> um okay but so that's on the list we'll talk about more lighthouses <laughs> um, perfect and yeah, so since Mary was seen at one of the lighthouses at Fort Worth, I was like, you know, let's talk about some more lighthouses, because that's fun. Um, America's first lighthouse keeper, George Worthy Lake, worked at um, Boston Light on Little Brewster Island. And this is sad. In 1718, he was in a canoe with his wife and his daughter when it capsized and they all drowned. Oh, no. Um, that was on the record. They had the record of him, his wife, and his child. What they didn't put on the record is that they also have had a slave with them who also died. Oh, shit. During the canoe capsizing. Then in 1947, so this is years later, Russell okay. Anderson was a Coast Guard keeper at Boston Light, and he was there with his wife, Maisie, who was walking along the shore of Little Brewster Island when she heard footsteps behind her, turned around and saw nobody. Not a good sign. Right. That night, as she tried to sleep, she felt a presence in the room. And then she heard what she only could describe as a horrible, maniacal laugh. I don't like that. Right? Coming from the boathouse. And she said it sounded like a man laughing. I don't, I don't like that by itself. <laughs> I, too, would be afraid if I heard a man laughing. <laughs> um, then another falling asleep again, she heard the same sound coming from the fog signal house. So oh, different locations, same laugh. I would be terrified. Oh, yeah. But this time, after she heard the laughter, she heard a little girl's voice and the little girl was saying, Shadwell, over and over. She also later told the story in an article for the Yankee magazine and elaborated on the story by saying that um, there was a time when the fog signal engines just started themselves randomly and the lights would turn on by itself. And one night she saw a mysterious figure outlined against the light while she heard the man's laughter and the girl Mm-mm. sobbing. Oh no. Right? Mm-mm. <laughs> Years later, after this interview, after hearing all of this, she ended up learning that the slave who died with George Worthy's family was called Shadwell, which is what the little girl was saying. Ah. And he actually died while trying to save everyone. Oh, no. Yeah. So he died while trying to save George, um, his wife, and his daughter, Ruth. That's so sad. Yeah. And I guess she's just, she's crying out for him. Like, I don't think it was like malicious at all like she was just scared okay that's what i think is like going on here is that like she was like just calling out for him yeah that's what it sounds like um yeah in the late 1980s dennis deaver really hope i really hope i'm saying these names right i keep on forgetting to put a disclaimer at the beginning of these (laughs) that are like guys i'm sorry my names um, just a general disclaimer for the podcast honestly yeah (laughs) i cannot speak we're like substitute teachers. <laughs> we really are. 
we absolutely do not know <laughs> yeah <laughs> we do our best but we don't know. we do our best but sometimes it's just just too much a little off <laughs> um just a little, just a little. <laughs> so dennis deaver was the coast guard officer in charge of boston light in the late 1980s and he also had a lot of weird paranormal experiences um so when he was working, he liked to turn the radio onto a rock station when he worked at the boathouse. And what he has been reporting, uh, he reported in that time when he was working there, was that usually when no one else was in the boathouse, the station would just change to a classical station. Um, which I think is bothersome of things for yeah, ghosts to do, honestly. like personally. I'd be fine with that. You know, if there was a yeah. ghost haunting me and all it would do is change the station, I'd be like, cool, some new tunes. Just some all good. nice, peaceful music. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Uh, and then he also said that the other Coast Guard crew would usually attribute, like, these weird spooky experiences to old George Worthy. Um, the guy who drowned. Oh, the, okay. The, okay. Yes. Same so. lighthouse. Same ghost. <laughs> I see. Um, there was one day that he was in the kitchen when he looked out the window at the tower and he saw a man in the lantern room. And he said that this was very concerning because the only other person on the island at the time was his assistant who was in the room next to him. Oh, no, no, no. So he was like, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he described this figure who he just saw like in the light as wearing an old fashioned keeper's uniform, which I guess like that's not what we wear now who is this man <laughs> who's um, man's who's man's <laughs> so he ran up to the tower ran up the stairs and into the lantern room found it empty it's gone Mm-mm. in 1999 gary fleming was a ghost card op- coast guard officer send help <laughs> the ghost card <laughs> the ghost card that's what i want to be a part of i want to be part of the ghost card too hell yeah <laughs> Um, he told the Boston Herald, quote, it really does get spooky. You have plenty of time here, and if you let your mind go, you can freak yourself out, end quote. Yeah, I mean, I do that just in my own room, in my own house, so I can yeah. imagine. Yep. Ever since I read that one creepypasta about, like, people living in the walls, I freak oh myself my out every night. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. The only thing keeping me going is that our, like, vent things are too small for anyone to fit through. <laughs> oh my god. That's terrifying. <laughs> it's okay. It helps me sleep at night. I mean, if it works for you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in Boston, if you go down the, down the South Shore a little bit, you will find Mino's Ledge Light, which is one of America's most remarkable lighthouses. Wow. I don't know why they call it that. It's actually the second lighthouse built in this, like the same location because the location is apparently super dangerous because it's like oh, exposed good. to all the elements and stuff. <laughs> um, so the first lighthouse was built was just the keeper's room and then like a beacon on top of an iron base and then that was like destroyed in a gale in 51 so they had to rebuild um, unfortunately two of the assistants at the time Joseph Wilson and Joseph Antoine they were both killed um, I guess being a lighthouse keeper is just dangerous yeah, it's like one of those jobs where you wouldn't think of it as being dangerous because you always see like the nice, peaceful portrayals, but like it can be. Yeah, like it it gets rough. It does get rough. 
Um, legend has it that to this very day, in bad weather, sailors can hear a voice from the lighthouse saying in Portuguese, "Say away." And this is because Joseph Antoine was Portuguese, so he would oh. tell people to be careful. I I feel like that's like the kindest thing a ghost can do, honestly, in like this situation, because yeah. he's like, "Guys, it's dangerous over here. Like, don't come closer. You'll die." Like, I, f- I forget. I think it must have been on, and that's why we drink. But there was some ghost that like appeared to a pilot and was like don't go out flying today like he was they were planning a flight course he was like the weather's the same as it was like when i went out and like you know yeah like this, the type of ghost suit. to just like care yeah know? like and then like a couple or like 30 minutes later it got like super foggy and he wouldn't have been able to like fly in that so well it's a very thank helpful you ghost. yeah we like those types of ghosts we stand we do stand um Okay, also, there are a couple of stories about the last keeper of the Long Island Head Lighthouse. Um, this is just weird. I don't know why I'm including it. I just thought it was a weird story. I'm down. <laughs> so, his name was Edwin Tarr. And in okay. January of 1918, he died while just peacefully sitting in a chair and looking out over the water. That's terrifying. <laughs> just casually. He was just there. Gone. Um... <laughs> One of the soldiers who was a pallbearer, like, holding the coffin for his burial, mm-hmm. um, ended up telling a really weird story to Edward Rowe Snow, who was the author of The Islands of Boston Harbor, where we were talking about Mary Burton. He wrote about her as well. Okay. Um, Edwin Tarr's funeral was held in the keeper's house at the top of the hill, which was next to the lighthouse. And during the funeral, there was an ice storm that struck and left the hill just coated in ice. The four pallbearers were attempting to get up the hill, but they ended up letting go of the coffin, and as they fell, the coffin started sliding down the hill, so they just hopped on the coffin and (gasps) rode it like a sled until it got to the head of the wharf. Oh my god. (laughs) Like, it's not like a spooky story at all. I just thought it was really weird. (laughs) That is... Oh my god. Can you imagine seeing that? A a coffin sled. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you. I just, I just can't imagine witnessing that. Like, you see these four people struggling to get to the top of a hill. They fall, and then all of them hop on the coffin. I feel like my instinct would not be to hop on a coffin. I just, not like, slide down. I, too, but, just slide. I mean, <laughs> to each their own. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Wild. Cross the harbor from Long Island headlight is Deer Island and Deer Island Light, which you may remember as people calling it Devil's Island. Oh, yeah. Um, the lighthouse is a 1980s spark plug lighthouse, which is just like offshore from Deer Island. And it was replaced in 1982, like just by a light on top of a fiberglass pole. Um, and the old cast iron lighthouse was painted dark brown. I don't know why they picked dark brown, but apparently it looks really spooky. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so the keeper at the time was Joseph McCabe, and he ended up one day on a Sunday. He left Deer Island. This was 1916, and he left to go spend the day with his fiance. Um, when they were together, they like wrote their wedding invitations, and then spent some more time together and then they ended up saying goodbye and he left to return to the lighthouse before it got too dark for him to get back um you know it's boston so obviously there was a snowstorm that just had to blow into the harbor 
Oh, God. <laughs> and he found his boat frozen to the beach. So he was like, you know what? The tide is low. It's all good. So he attempted to walk on the sandbar that connected Deer Island to the lighthouse. Oh, oh God. In a snowstorm? Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. But as he onto one of the rocks, he slipped and fell into the icy water. Oh, there, no. Yeah. Witnesses arrived too late, and he ended up drowning. Oh, God. Which, again, is one of my biggest fears, especially after Criminal Minds, just seeing the number of people who drown. Yeah. I think it's terrifying. Yeah, definitely. Um, Joseph... John, sorry, that's not what I'm saying. John Baxter was the Coast Guard officer in charge at Deer Island in the mid-1960s. Um, one day, he was in the lighthouse during some really rough weather, along with a very young Coast Guardsman from North Carolina. And... You know, it was, it was a storm. Um, so the vibrations caused a coffee t- cup to move from one side of the table to the other. And um, John Baxter, I guess, was, like, joking when he was, like, a ghost of the former keeper who died here caused the cup to move. And that sparked a bunch of legends. And then he also had to, like, convince this really frightened man that there was actually, like, no ghost. <laughs> Which, again, it's not really spooky because instance of them seeing this ghost at Deer Island. Yeah. There was just like, yeah, I just thought it was like really funny that that, yeah, like that he like joked that there's a ghost and then this guy was like based on the history of this place and the vibes, there's definitely a ghost. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I just honestly, same. (laughs) (laughs) I just think, yeah, um, there's just something about like an an isolated lighthouse I guess that seems to spark ghost stories do be spooky do be um <laughs> so yeah it was the story of the lady in scarlet and some other bonus content i um, liked it that was yeah fun. i think it, it was like definitely i feel like since it was so far in the past i feel like it's a lighter story to tell yeah because like yeah like i know they died but the 1700s feel like so long ago yeah that's true. but i'm um, you know just ghosts just some ghosts just some ghosts. Um, yeah. Alright, well. Do you have any life updates for us? To end this episode? Um, let's see. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to going to bed. So. Yeah, me too. I am exhausted. So tired. Um, I'm convinced that my room is haunted, or I am haunted, or something. (laughs) Is it just you bringing the ghost to you? I think so, because I'm the only one who's had problems, like, me and my family used to all have, like, the same model of phone, like, same phone coverage plan, but I was the only one who would have, like, trouble sending texts and receiving texts. That's so weird. Like, having service or Wi-Fi or anything, and now my computer has just started doing this fun thing where it doesn't connect to Wi-Fi in my room. But I will just in your take, room? Yes, I will take one step out the door frame and it will connect. I hate that. It's really creepy. I don't like it at all. Yeah. Clearly some spirit is just messing with you. It's so creepy that it's like literally one step out of my door frame. And I, it works. Yeah, I don't like and then that. I'm in and it doesn't work. It's, oh god, it's infuriating as well. <laughs> yeah, damn, that sounds infuriating. Because I, I, I like literally just... sit in my room and just do work. Like, yeah. Or just, like, watch YouTube or, or yeah, Netflix watch YouTube or Netflix. Or and now I, I cannot. I'm so sorry. 
It's all good. Hopefully we'll get a Wi-Fi booster and that will yeah. hopefully fix the problem, but I don't know. I Necessary, honestly. <laughs> I just think it's so funny that isn't your your new house is like recently built too, right? Yeah, it's brand new. You brought the ghosts with you. I think I brought the ghosts with me, man. Like that's okay. He seems chill. I mean, I don't know. If he's messing with my electronics, he's messing with my Netflix time. Oh, I'm not true. Cool with me. <laughs> we gotta go find his bones and like salt and burn them. <laughs> Maybe he'll leave you alone then. Just become supernatural. Yeah. Hunters. <laughs> I am down. We can be a ghost card. Heck yeah. Imagine if we just started that. Ghost like, card. I'm quitting college. I'm gonna be a ghost card. People are like, what's that? We just what go do things. We're just chilling, vibing. Yeah, we find the least malevolent spirits and try to fix the problems. <laughs> Or we find the malevolent, like, we find the bad vibes and we get rid of them, you know? I like that, but I also feel like I wouldn't be able to handle the pressure. Yeah, that is kind of scary. Like, every time Sam and Dean go do something, I'm like, oh my god, I could never. Yeah. Like, they really are out here, like, killing things. They really do be out there killing things. Yeah. <laughs> um, Girl, do you have any updates? No, I think that's it. I'm just looking forward to sleep. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. it. Um, so I will do my little spiel. You can find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. Um, you can follow us, um, like our pictures, DM us. From there, there's a little button to email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear a story request or a listener story, like a story of your own, um, just a life update for from you, anything really. Um, and we have a Facebook Grim Podcast. Uh, we, I, we've, we've, wow, I can't speak English. Um, we've been trying to Not get it. It's all good. <laughs> um, we have a Twitter, um, Podcast Grim. Uh, I'm missing something. We have a Reddit Grim Podcast. Oh, we have a Reddit. Did we do have that. a Reddit. <laughs> we don't really do anything. We just like the posts, but we okay. have one. Yeah, it's there. There. It's there. <laughs> Vibe with it. Um, give us a good review on Apple Podcasts. And tell your friends and family about us. Yeah, that's it. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I don't think I am. No, I think you covered it all. All right. I always get that feeling oh. when I'm about to get in the car. I'm like, I'm missing something. Yes, I am definitely forgetting something, and then it'll be too late once I realize I what I'm forgetting. Right. But I always <laughs> just need my phone and my wallet and the keys, and that's it. And like, I'm not forgetting anything, but I think Mask. I am. Mask. Mask. Mask and hand sanitizer. But those are, oh, yeah. I keep a pair of those in the car, so I never forget. Smart. All right, well, that's it for me. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week for some true crime. That'll be fun. I have um, a story that I think you're going to hate, but it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's really bad. Very excited to hate it. I was telling my mom about it, and she was literally like, no, leave, get out. I don't want to talk about this to you. And I was like, oh, oops, please. Stop. (laughs) Yeah, she was like, I can't handle this today. (laughs) That's fair. That is very fair. Alrighty. Well, we will see you guys next week for that. So I hope you're excited. Yeah. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.